Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the really big news that Bungie is splitting from Activision to become a self-publishing company. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash Rage. I'm probably live right now, so come on in and hang out with us. We're having a good time. Submit those questions. And we're gonna we're gonna go through this talk because I think this is a really really important subject, and it is the exact opposite of predictions that I made about what was gonna happen. Jason Schreier and some others made predictions about Bungie and Activision parting ways, and I did not think was this was gonna be the way that it was gonna play out. Uh, so obviously we're excited. There are concerns and questions, but overall the response from everybody, uh, from Phil Spencer, Sony, uh, even. The co-founder of Epic chimed in on the tweet. We think that's kind of part of maybe what's going on. We're kind of interested in why so many industry head figureheads were there to quickly respond to what is going on. So we're going to break this talk into three parts. First, it could be great. This could be a great thing. Second, we want to talk about show me the money. Where's the money going to come from if you don't have a publisher? And then lastly, just about lingering concerns and things that might be going on. You know, this could be good. This could be bad. We're not, you know, we're not quite sure yet. Bungie seems to be very excited, which I don't know. That makes me excited. So, could be great. Self-publishing can actually be really, really good for a development company to have a little bit more freedom with timing and doing things kind of the way they want to do. I don't think this is like a we are now free from the devil sort of a situation. I've been kind of saying this morning, most of everything we ever read about Destiny's woes was not that Activision was making things terrible and that they didn't like working with Activision. It was that the timetable and expectations in the contract were becoming a consistent problem and pain point for Bungie. So I know a lot of people are wanting to throw confetti and and give Activision the finger and be like, adios, see you later. In everything I've ever read, I don't ever feel like the Activision was the easy scapegoat. They're obviously related to the timetable of the contract, but that's what happens when you go with a publisher of that size. And it is reasonable when that kind of capital is involved that they would have expectations about ROI and returns on that investment because of the fact that they are answering to their shareholders. And that is a very, very important thing, which is why the shareholders call, I believe, was the beginning of this shift and change. If you remember that led to Bungie kind of responding and saying, we're making a game that we think is great for fans of Destiny. Uh, A lot of Destiny's problems, I think, were linked to not having enough time. If you go back and watch a lot of my content after Destiny 2 launched, that was a consistent message that I tried to put out there. There were wonderful concepts in the game. There was so much potential, but that's all the game was. It was a game of concepts. And being a game of concepts, I think, was not related to ineptitude or Bungie not knowing how to make a good game, but being related to the fact that they didn't have enough time to build the game that they wanted. I don't think this means that you turn and point at Activision and say, this is all your fault. You know, everything that's been happening for the last four years is is for you to blame. This is more like a relationship that just didn't pan out. Bungie had ideas about what they wanted to make. They needed big money. Big money comes from a company the size of Activision, and that leads to contractual obligations that on the front side probably didn't seem that unreasonable. But then as Destiny Year One comes to a close, it's clear the player base and the habits of the players, the addictive nature of the game is working against Bungie's ability to create content 
content in a reasonable amount of time to meet those player expectations. Dark Below and House of Wolves are good examples of this. And then obviously, The Taken King helps turn things around, but even that was played through rather quickly by a lot of the player base, and then people were wanting more, and that was a a significant amount of time investment, similar to the way Forsaken, three months later, everyone was ravenous for the new Forges, because it's only been three months, and your $40 DLC to a lot of people was already, you know, kind of lowering in in fun and, and, and a reason to log in and grind so when you think about the history of everything that's happened that's why I think this could be great not because Activision's been ruining Destiny for four years but because the relationship has been just very very you know a a squelching piece of control on what they can do and how fast they can do it we've been going back and forth quite a bit this morning just about how self-publishing can be great, but we're curious how is it going to be paid for? A lot of times people will reference The Witcher 3 and CD Projekt Red and how that was self-published and it was such a triumph of a game, but it is a single-player game and they also got a grant from the government. So that's a lot of money that came in you know, kind of all of a sudden to enable them to do that, not answer to a publisher. A lot of folks are going to reference the net ease agreement, $100 million, which more than likely that is not for anything to do with the Destiny franchise. That is for a new IP. That's also not exactly the kind of money and capital you would need to really take things forward. So I don't think that is related to Destiny. Uh, I think that's related to a completely separate IP. So when the question of money comes in, that's the second part of the talk. Like, show me the money. How is all this going to be paid for? How are you going to monetize, you know, the content going forward? If you're wanting to keep the doors open and the lights on and the people paid, money needs to be coming in. I mean, you can't you can't pay a staff that size and for bandwidth that is that high supporting the servers, quality of life updates, patches, new content, new worlds being built, all those things, you have to pay people for that and that revenue stream has got to be coming from somewhere. So when I look at how things have come this far, that's kind of the biggest question mark for me. You know, almost no AAA dev delivers content at the at the rhythm and the pace that Bungie's been delivering without a publisher kind of behind them. If you look at a lot of these games, they usually have someone behind them that is obviously putting the cash and the capital up for the bandwidth, for the staff, for essentially the operating costs of the company because it does just get so exorbitant. And Bungie is not a small company by any stretch of the imagination, which means that there may be some changes coming in the future with respect to how everything is monetized. I don't know if that means more microtransactions. I don't know if that means the annual pass is the format for the foreseeable future and that the and that the next game will be pushed out so far uh, to give them time to build it. The big question for me is, how are you going to maintain both the the bandwidth as well as the delivery cycle that we're becoming accustomed to it's possible it's possible that the annual pass was an experiment and Bungie is happy with the results and Activision's not if you remember the Activision shareholder call the response from Bungie was that they're making the game they think is good for the future and I want to read something to you from their update and I think this is the most important part of their announcement, okay? I'm not reading between the lines and trying to be a spin machine but I think this is the most important piece of the announcement. They said 
And this is right after they talk about a planned transition process. They are announcing they're transitioning. It's already planned. It's already in motion to transition away from Activision. And then they say this. With Forsaken, we've learned and listened and leaned into what we believe our players want from a great Destiny experience. And then they say, rest assured, there is more on the way. We'll continue to deliver on the existing Destiny roadmap, and we're looking forward to releasing more seasonal experience in the coming months, as well as surprising our community with some exciting announcements about what lies beyond. So there's a lot in that paragraph to make you feel good about this announcement. Number one, it seems they're saying they had contrary beliefs with Activision. What they believe is good for the future of Destiny was probably not in line with what Activision believed and wanted that seems to be the contrast that also seems to be the contrast that was you know sort of hitting the Twitterverse the day that shareholders call went out everyone was basically saying we're building what we think is the best version of destiny and it seems that this split is in relation to Activision just having a different vision for the future of the game the other thing that should give you some excitement is the fact that the, the you know the, obviously the season deliverables are going forward but they have exciting things to announce to us about about what lies beyond the seasonal schedule and that's very exciting that could possibly mean the taken queen in september that could possibly mean just some frank and honest transparency about the future of the franchise and the sequel so that people can know what to expect in the coming years my personal theory is that they are going to continue using annual pass and sort of banner pieces of dlc like forsaken until they get to the sequel now a lot of folks were saying there's no way they're going to want to launch the sequel and not have that line up with the consoles that are probably coming in 2020 and i think that's a pretty sound theory and the fact that phil spencer uh said the phrase he's excited to be quote unquote working on this title with them that's an interesting phrasing from Phil and he jumped on the tweet very fast and then Sony jumping on the tweet as well as the co-founder for Epic gives us a lot of sort of potential very very good theories that could come true about the franchise if they go to the Unreal Engine, it's possible they could launch a very solid, you know, title end of 2020, and then they would be in a prime position to keep doing the annual pass format, trickle content out, and if they're in a more agile engine, they'd be primed and ready to go for a very, very good move forward for Destiny, as well as potentially working with Epic with their crossplay system through the Epic Launcher. So big things could be happening over the next year to two years for Destiny in regards to size and scope of the next game as well as good things for us with respect to cross-play, cross-save and the like. We don't want to start getting too excited and running off into rumor mill speculation, but it does seem interesting the flow of how things have happened and the celebration from those figureheads. Now, lingering questions is the final part, okay? This is the final part. Some lingering questions and concerns here is this could have been initiated by Activision. Activision could have said, You're got, we're done. This isn't working. This isn't profitable enough. Get the frick out. I don't think that's that likely. I mean, it could be how it started, but the ultimate turn of events I think is good. I, if Kind of my own little internal argument here in my own brain is Bungie is retaining the rights to the IP, right? 
uh, I mean, Bungie is retaining the rights. That's a big deal. If Activision decides to break because they're not making good profit, I could understand that being their primary motivation. You got to understand the profit and the revenue that they're hoping to get out of games doesn't necessarily mean that this game is a failure. It means it doesn't fit what they what they see as being profitable enough for the future. Again, this is potentially good for Bungie because. It enables them to have more freedom with deliverable schedules and potentially take more time for the sequel, which would enable them to switch to a different engine and have a different delivery cycle. Uh, if Activision doesn't like the new plan going forward, if they look at the annual pass and they don't like the margins or they don't like the structure, if they're wanting to dial in the classic DLC sales structure where you you segment the content out, which we have pretty much, I think, a lot of us have agreed that didn't work and the annual pass seems like a better structure obviously we would like better loot and better loot incentive but at a ground level I feel like the annual pass as far as how it's distributed from an organizational standpoint I feel like people are more satisfied with this than when we would just get DLC pieces and that could be where the disagreement took place right Keeping rights to the IP is comforting, and Sony, Microsoft, and Epic showing their support is also encouraging. The big lingering question still remains, if if this was initiated by Activision, how is Bungie going to handle that going forward with respect to financial support? Because this could have come across the broad side of the boat, and they weren't expecting it, right? This could have been a surprise and a shock. Now, we're hearing that this was a celebration at Bungie when this was announced. Again, I don't think this is Bungie throwing confetti in the air and giving the finger to Activision I think this is this is going to be better for our our rhythm and our habits right a lot of people have pushed back and said Bungie has still made mistakes with the game they're more to blame than Activision a lot of people have said yes we're free of Activision here's the analogy I've been using if a boss goes to a employee and says I need you to create this product every two hours and that's very difficult for the employee to meet that hourly or two hourly deadline right they struggle to meet that deadline and their their work is shoddy they make mistakes the, the, the product doesn't look that good There's a couple of conclusions people could come to that are not the single answer. Well, he's a terrible employee. Well, the product sucks. Well, the employee's lazy, right? You could set, you could throw all your ire at him. You could look at the boss and be like, this boss is a jerk. This boss is an idiot. This boss is ruining the product. In the scenario that I'm giving you, the real problem is the timing that the person is being asked to work. It's not the boss being a tyrant and coming out and cracking a whip and interfering with the guy's work. It's not the employee being lazy. It's this is not a reasonable amount of time, right? I referenced Buddy the Elf. Buddy the Elf couldn't make the Etch-a-Sketches fast enough. He wasn't lazy. He had a passion for being an elf, but he wasn't an elf and he couldn't make it fast enough. And the guys that were working there were really, really nice. So I don't think one side's lazy, one side's bad, one side's inept, one side's evil. I think this was a relationship that just didn't pan out. And going forward, this could be very good for the franchise. So we're obviously going to keep 
keep it here if you want to discuss it come into the channel submit the questions more announcements are going to be coming from Bungie there's going to be a TWAB today on January the 11th I'm sure we'll be discussing that and doing questions about that because that's probably going to be about updates of the game in the foreseeable future like I've made predictions so if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube tune in live I'm probably live right now I stream 7am Eastern into the evenings and if you're here live right now we're transitioning to Q&A as with all of my content I appreciate you watching and listening and all the other podcast platforms please like like, share, and subscribe.